0: movie minutes the show that scrutinizes analyzes and you'll believe a man can fly eyes the 1978 superman movie five minutes at a time proud member of the fire and water podcast network i'm one of your co-hosts rob kelly and joining me as always through this journey through time and space is
1: chris franklin howdy chris hey rob how's it going
0: uh, very well. We are getting closer to the big moments, the big, big red S moments. Uh, we have a couple of fun <laughs> things to get through before that. We're t- for this episode, we're talking about minutes 51 through 55, and we have a guest this time around. We have our pal, John Trumbull. Hi, John.
2: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for, oh, hey. yeah, thanks for coming <laughs> on. Uh, if, if any of you have listened to the Fire and Water Podcast Network, you've heard John on other shows. He's been on Film and Water a couple of times, and, of course, he was on Zoom's big uh, Batman uh, the animated series retrospective so uh he's here to talk uh, a couple of minutes about Superman the movie now as we do with other guests we've had on John like what is your history with this movie i don't think you are old enough to have seen it in the theater right
2: uh no i i saw it in the theater uh oh, yeah. i was okay. uh i was 6 years old when this came out so this this is the movie that made me fall in love with movies this this is like a seminal seminal movie for me um, I remember my family was living in Washington D.C. at the time, and uh, I was familiar with the character uh, already because Super Friends was running on Saturday mornings, and uh, the George Reeves show from the 1950s was still in syndication. So I was watching that, and I think I was reading the comic books by that point as well. So I was familiar with the character, but it was it was so exciting just to have him in a movie. I mean, that because it's, you know, on the big screen and it was a big budget and the special effects were state of the art. I mean, it was an amazing thing. And I remember we my my dad drove us out to the theater and it was it was had to be somewhere way out in the in, in the boonies, because I remember us driving on like these country roads to get to the theater. So I don't know if it was that was the only theater it was playing at. Or what? But we got to the theater late, and I one of my strongest childhood memories is getting to the theater just as the Krypton sequence was ending, and you see the 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 spaceship crashing through the skylight on Krypton, and that was that's one of my strongest childhood memories still. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even care that I'd miss the first part of the movie. I mean, because well, I already knew the story of Superman, uh, but man, I just love that movie, and I'm and I. I'm sure I
0: must have seen it again during a theatrical run, but yeah. And so it's,
2: it's still like my all time favorite movie.
0: All right. It's some, there's something very magical about seeing it in the theater. You know, I've never had a chance to see this in the theater. I know Chris, you have, uh, but Mm -hmm. I I have not. And I, I like to go see old movies in the theater, but they've just never run it anywhere around me. And this this is one of the few remaining Big sort of franchise tentpole movies from my childhood that I have not yet had a chance to see on the big screen, and if if the Cinemark uh, Classic series ever did it, I would be like, I have to, I'll move heaven and earth to go see it. I would kill to see <laughs> this on the big screen again.
1: I, I sure hope they, I sure hope they do next year. Next year will be the fortieth anniversary. Let's let's do it, people. Come on, yeah. it's, you it's know. Like
2: a good time. <laughs> Fathom Events and TCM, they need to make it happen. I mean, yes. It, it's just a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. You know, re-release it or, or re-release it in theaters for a week, like they just did with Close Encounters, that mm. would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, – it's uh, I don't know what the last time I saw it on the big screen was, but it's it's been too long. So, yeah, I would jump at the chance to see it again. I would see it every day if I could.
1: I was going to say I saw I saw it uh, when Rob and I did the film in water I had just seen it our local theater showed it but there was something weird going on with the digital projector and everybody had looked like they had psoriasis or something it, it, was, it was this awful magenta color to their skin and it I, it was still great to see it but I want to see it right you know it was kind of it was like oh you know you get your build up your hopes built up and then it's like just not quite right, and it's so I, I, I've got to see it. I want to see it in a really nice theater with really nice sound and really nice seats, so I can rear back. Yeah, we we need this, people. Let's let's do it. Damn, damn, it's <laughs> yeah.
0: graphic printing.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> in fact, as soon as we get off the show, I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm going to send a tweet from the Superman movie minute twitter feed at tcm and fathom events and tell them to get on the stick next year for superman we're going to, why why don't we start this we don't need to wait it for anybody i, we, I we will
2: favorite this. and retweet it
0: yeah that, that's so, so let's, yeah let's, let's, all right let's buzz right through this so i can get this done so uh <laughs> so uh the minutes as he said are minutes 51 through 55 it opens with perry white explaining to lois why he hired clark kent because he of course he treats his editor with the proper respect Uh, and he's got a punchy pro style, but he is also the fastest type of C's ever seen. And it closes with the blind news vendor and his dog Shotzi yelling out to people, hey, what do you read? And so in between uh, these minutes, we have a lot of really fun stuff. First of all, I love the whole idea that... um, Clark or Superman is willing to use his superpowers to help him get a job because like the fastest <laughs> typist thing that's just you know I like the idea that Clark has to I keep calling him Clark he's really Superman or Cal whatever you want to call him but like he obviously can't type as fast as he really can because the typewriter would melt so I like wonder what kind of mm-hmm. speed does this Cal type at that you know is is fast but won't get him uh, noticed by anyone else in the newsroom.
1: Good, good question. I mean, that's the that's the whole that's the whole thing with Super Speed is is how does it work on things that that won't respond to Super Speed, you know? But that's something you've got to suspend your disbelief about, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely, because I mean, it's it's just fun to have him typing as fast as superhumanly possible, and yeah, you don't you can't think too hard about it, but. uh, yeah, it's and he, yeah, I guess he does use his superpowers to get the job. But the thing I like about the version of Clark getting his job at the Daily Planet in in Superman the movie, in particular, is that he he's a good hearted enough guy that yeah, I, I guess you could say he uses his super speed to, to demonstrate his typing skill. But he, he's good hearted enough that he 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 gives Lois the scoop about who Superman is and what he's all about. And it would be the easiest thing in the world for Clark Kent to come in and and take that story for himself or do that story. He doesn't do that, unlike in some other versions of Superman's origin.
1: hmm Like the John Byrne version.
2: <laughs> like like the John Byrne version, and in the version in Action Comics five hundred, like that's how he first gets his job at the Daily Planet. He 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 comes in and he's like, "Hey, here's the story about Superman," and Lois had been trying and failing to get that story.
0: Mm. <laughs> and also you know i mean his superpowers don't help him have a punchy pro style so you know he did get the job on merit to a certain extent
2: right that is true that is true
1: yeah. if i remember right in the first uh the adventures of superman although i think it was actually one of the last filmed episodes but it's the the one with the origin of, of superman from season one so it's like episode one but uh I, mm-hmm. if i remember right uh clark um there's a guy hanging from a blimp or something, and and Clark's talking to Perry White, and they Jimmy runs in and says, "There's a guy that's hanging from a blimp by a rope," and and Clark's like, "If I get the st- story, do I get the job?" And he's like, "Yeah, you can, you know, if you can get that story, you can get the job." So so that's really Superman using his powers to to get <laughs> yeah, his job yeah. at the Daily Planet. <laughs> and I I think in the original
2: movie serial with Kirk Allen, he he breaks a story about like a train wreck that that Superman he re- he rescues the train or he basically just like straightens out the railing. So, right. I mean, it's it's I guess it's more the exception than the rule that he he doesn't use his powers to really get this job. But I I really like that about Superman the movie. It seems more in character for him to not do that because he's so modest and self-effacing.
0: Mm-hmm. Reed Read Clark Kent's exclusive interview with General Zod. How did he get that? I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, right after this moment, after Lois realizes that she's losing the city beat to Clark Kent, there is a great moment where uh, we get to see that the Clark is a bit self-effacing because there's the whole bit about uh, half of my salary can go to this address, and of course Lois just starts to make fun of him, where she says, "Right, uh, you know your white-haired old, your gray-haired old, old mother," and he says, "Actually, she's silver-haired," and <laughs> I, I, that is right. one of my favorite moments in this movie because you know that that even though. Superman is playing Clark Kent as a dope. He he's 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 not going to go that far. Like he's he's in on the joke. He's willing to kind of stuff it back in Lois's face a little bit, which I really love. I and I yeah. love the the pause after they all kind of look at him when he says that cuz it's like he's sort of letting Lois know, "Okay, I know you're making fun of me that I'm a hayseed or whatever, but" you know, I can keep up with you. And I thought that's a really sweet, plus just it's very sweet that he sends half his money back to his mom, which is, you know, which is great. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't need to buy food. So what the hell?
1: Well, after he abandoned her for 12 years, he needs to send her half the salary, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's got to catch up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But
2: but I, but I also like how Lois's first assumption is, oh, you're sending this to your bookie. Yeah. And it's, it's just, Her cynicism playing up against Clark's or Superman's idealism, and it kind of sets up like that moment later in the movie when she's interviewing him on her her balcony apartment where he says, I'm here to fight for truth, justice, and the American way. And she goes, you're going to go up against every elected official in the the state. (laughs) And I I mean, it really helps the dynamic between Lois and Clark work here is just because they have such contrasting outlooks on life.
0: Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this movie past the point I'm watching it in five minute chunks, so I don't know what you're referring to, John. So I assume there's a scene Uh-oh. coming on later <laughs> in the movie. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. i sorry, Rob. I didn't realize this was the very first time you were seeing the movie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. So. I'm, not
0: I'm not cheating. I'm taking this very seriously. So, uh, and Lois follows it up with the great line, "Any more at home like you?" And then Clark, Clark, <laughs> mm-hmm. gets, Clark gets another. Uh, no, not really. Which is such a great. I love that's. I mean, to me, that is one of the the eternal appeals of Superman is that that's him, that's that's their version of Clark Kent at the end of the TV series winking at the audience. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, yes. hey kids, you know the secrets. And you're like, I sure do. That dumb Lois doesn't know. I love that, that they kind of get that moment across where he's like, yeah, no, not really. And you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of an understatement.
1: I, I love Christopher yeah. Reeves' body language as Clark. I mean, he, he's constantly got his face scrunched down into his collar and i mean just the faces he makes when he's like oh no no uh, not really you know what i mean just it it's it's just so perfect i mean it's totally different his physicality is completely different than when he plays when he's superman and it's just it's, yeah. it, it, it's just so it's just so flawlessly done it's i mean you really would have a hard time believing this guy was superman once you met superman
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean his his shoulders are hunched he hardly has like any sort of neck as Clark. Right. And he and he, he just he just sort of caves his body in almost mm-hmm. because he's just so meek and, well, mild mannered.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but now here's the thing. If, if the Clark thing is all an act, the next scene when Lois shows him his desk and he goes behind her and he uh, yes. bumps in, yeah. into her rear. Yep. I mean, is that is that the actor? What? <laughs> Those and, are the type of things than, you have to stop and think. You know, <laughs> it's more than just him bumping under the
2: his rear. His hand like darts around to the front. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and he's he's like, I mean, basically cupping her. Right. <laughs> so yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's almost like he gets a he he cops a super speed feel, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, but but she, you know, but Lois was mopping up the, the the sprayed soda on Clark's crotch a minute before. So I guess it was just a turnabout is fair play <laughs> sort of thing. True, true. So yeah, they they feel each other up within five minutes of meeting each other. So, <laughs> but uh, it was it was the seventies, and that was okay.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. true love. Yeah.
1: Well, it, and it's 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 funny too because right after that, when he sits down, there's just this little brief moment where, you know, Lois is going back to her business of of working, but Clark's just Uh staring at her, you know, and it's, it's a nice little moment that's, if you blink, you'll miss it, but you just get the idea that, oh, he's instantly infatuated with her, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, he's also just sort of like taking in his new surroundings, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I know in the, the, I've seen like, you know, longer cuts. Where the, where the camera sort of zooms back and and he's sort of like taking in all of the Daily Planet city room.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be it's it's it would be so. intimidating for anybody to like to me at like your first day at your new job and they just plunk it down at your desk and you're like well, all right well now what <laughs> now what am I supposed to do am I just supposed to start now you type something? up
1: the news yeah <laughs> I, I guess so I,
0: yeah I don't know it's crazy.
1: Nice. Go do the sports section like in BBS, you know that's Clark, do the sports section this month you again, know, this week or whatever. <laughs> again, right. Chris right. I have
0: no idea what you're referring to. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so uh, we have Clark's first day at work and then there's the great scene at the end of the day where they're walking around the sort of rotunda, I guess, of, of the daily planet mm-hmm. and we see the globe. and that's when we get the immortal line where Clark says he thought it was swell. And Lois <laughs> mm-hmm. is like, swell? You know, not too many people are comfortable using that word anymore. What word? Swell. Oh, it found came very naturally to me. That for whatever reason, that line has become one of the lines out of Superman. Like it's, everyone knows when you use yeah. the word swell, you are referring to Superman the movie. And, yeah. and I yeah.
1: I think I think you know, and again that's another thing. Is is that completely part of Clark's act, or is it because he's been out of touch with uh the world for 12 years you know is it what you know you can read that several different ways i think it's maybe a little bit of of both you know it's a little bit of the act but it's mm-hmm. also a little bit of that uh you know uh that homespun uh goodness that's that clark kent and superman came from and that even and we've discussed in previous episodes that smallville even though it had to be in the late sixties, it seems like it's back like in the nineteen thirties or forties just because it's in rural America yeah. it's behind the times. So it, it's right. it, you can read it several different ways.
2: Yeah, they're they're still listening to Rock Around the Clock in what was probably nineteen sixty six or earlier. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well I was gonna ask the 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 bit in the Daily Planet lobby, I think isn't that one of the scenes that was shot in the in the da- actual Daily News building?
1: Mhm. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it, I mean it's it's an incredible piece of production value because you've got that giant globe in the center and that just seems like a natural sort of thing that the Daily Planet would have in its lobby. And uh, I am looking at the scene and, and and there's so many like nice bits of business. There are all all these extras going in and out and there's a guy who's like uh cleaning one of the the glass uh displays in the lobby, and it's just, they're they're really well-placed extras, and it really helps sell the idea of Metropolis being this big, busy, bustling city.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And And, and you have production value, they call it. And you have,
2: yeah, and you have Lois's friend who has to go mail the letter, who's like ultra-70s woman. Yeah. With her, you know, big, big sunglasses and her big sun hat and... (laughs) And you know we we have no idea who she is or where her deal is, but she just barrels past Clark and basically ignores Clark, as so many people are doing in 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 this sequence. Which I mean, means
1: he's, he's just yeah, yeah It means his disguise is working. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you guys? I always think it's funny that he he kind of. He said the hours were a little longer than he anticipated. Uh, he was in the fortress for 12 years again. You know, it's, <laughs> An eight-hour day is hard for Clark, but 12 years in the Arctic fortress, ah, you know.
0: <laughs> I always wondered about that line because it's like, like is he, is he genuinely complaining or is he kind of maybe trying to give Lois a little bit of like that Clark's not a total pushover, that he's a little like, oh, that was a long day, you know, instead of just being – gosh gee willikers miss lane everything is terrific
1: right yeah i think so it probably was yeah i you know i think it maybe he's
2: he's still smitten with lois he's just kind of looking for any excuse to talk to her you know mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's uh uh <laughs> yeah because why is he yeah, following and- her around really i mean he's zeroed in on on lois i mean she's not and of course in this movie series she doesn't you know she's she, you know, she likes Clark, but, you know, she mm-hmm. but yeah, obviously it's it's a one sided affair here, you know, uh, you know, it, it and historically it, it always is until we get up into the later comics. So, yeah, it's it, he's he's definitely, you know, uh, he doesn't have to follow Lois out of there, but he's just following her all the way down the street and everything else. So it's 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 mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty much that. Yeah. Like,
2: I don't think Lois is really paying Clark any mind. She's just like, oh, yeah, that's that new guy who started today. And she doesn't really think about him at all beyond that. She doesn't have much of an impression of Clark. He's just he's just there. And and she's like, you know, <laughs> she's probably doing well to remember his name at this point. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but also, how great does Margot Kidder look in this scene? The way the way they have her dress, the way she's made up, the way she's lit. I mean, she she looks just gorgeous. And I think it's better than she's looked in any other movie that I've ever seen her in. And I, I think a lot of that is the, the Jeffrey Unsworth cinematography, because she said in interviews that he he would light her very, very carefully. And he would like he would say, quiet, I'm lighting the lady. And,
1: <laughs> and, and she just she just looks smashing. She does, yeah. She she really does. I I agree with you that is, and it it really does. This this outfit, this look, this is kind of what I mm-hmm. think of her Lois lane. Even more so than the flying sequence or the helicopter rescue. This outfits like Margot Kidder's Lois lane to me. I don't know why. It just, but it just she just yeah. looks great in it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and she she has like sort of a, a classical style too. I mean, she looks it looks appropriate for the for the 1970s, but it's not so 1970s that it looks dated now it's it's classical enough that that she still looks normal i guess
1: <laughs> right yeah we we discussed that in a in i think the last episode a little bit me and rob did that that they kept it i mean yeah there are people like the lady that lois was talking to looks pretty 70s mm-hmm. and, and then of course yeah. we get the, the 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 say jim guy you know later but uh, but I know Rob. You, you don't know what I'm talking about. But, uh, but 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 for the 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 main characters, the at least the Daily Planet staff, they are kept very classic overall, and that yeah. helps the movie. Not it helps it. It keeps it from aging. You know, it's not so stuck in the '70s because let's face it, the '70s it, that's probably the hardest decade to get out of as far as a movie being stuck in their time period, you know, in in modern times, uh, in a lot of ways. So, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I don't know who had the foresight to do that, but thank goodness they did. I guess Yvonne Blake did. So thank her.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do, we don't want to go too far ahead because of there's it's a whole other movie, but like one of the things Mm -hmm. I think that they kind of did wrong with Superman two is that there are scenes in Superman two where Margot Kidder is, is photographed pretty unflatteringly, uh, mm-hmm. and the whole bit with the cigarettes you know where she's like smoking and drinking orange juice at the same time and you're like really Clark's is superman is smitten I, with her like you know
2: I, I i don't know what you mean Rob. a uh, uh, superman 2? Uh, that what, yeah there's what, a, what is it? there's
0: this there's this other movie but we'll get into i'll tell we'll talk about it later off air john um, okay. All right. but anyway they he they they follow we follow Clark and Lois out the uh, through the revolving door where we get a unintentional cameo by director richard donner uh, reflected reflected <laughs> mm-hmm. in the glass. On the commentary, you hear himself say, what are you doing, Dick? Get out of there. He yells at his <laughs> on the commentary. And then they run into uh, movie critic Rex Reed, which I figured was probably a good way of ensuring they would get a good review.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder what his review is. We should look that up and see what he what, what he said about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. He, he can be you pretty know- withering, so I, I have to wonder if he had any time for this kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah, the the Rex Reed cameo, um, it, it, it it's sort of a special moment to me because like a, f- a few years ago on the the Cracked website they have what are called the, these these photoplasty contests where you make uh you know some sort of Photoshop thing based on their theme and a few years ago when I entered into this uh, and it, it, they picked the best ones and they run them on the site. And the theme on this week was uh, movies from the point of view of minor characters. And so, of course, I picked this moment from Superman the movie, and I did uh, a, a Photoshop of, of this moment, and I put in, like, Superman the movie-esque type logo. And, and uh, so I had in giant letters it was, Rex Reed! That one time I ran into Lois Lane and met her nerdy friend. and <laughs> And that... And that that's Superman the movie from the point of view of Rex Reed. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> it it unfortunately didn't place, but I, but I still like the gag a lot. Yeah, I like that. That's cool.
0: <laughs> that, I mean, this means Rex Reed is technically in the DC universe at this point. Oh wow!
2: <laughs> Do you think he has an Earth two counterpart?
1: <laughs> 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 well, you know, it's it's funny because uh, you know, of course, I saw this movie. Years before, uh, when Rex Reed, I, what was that? It was him and another critic that had a very Siskel and Ebert type show. I yeah, it was sneak previews, I think it was. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and and uh, I, I'm like, hey, that's the guy from Superman the movie. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, is he really? A, is he really like a, a a movie critic? I thought he was an actor. just thought he was an actor. You know, I didn't get it. You know, I didn't get the. It, of course, I was four. It took you know, me something. years to realize that that
2: that you know the guy in this movie was the same guy as the movie critic that i was seeing on because you know he'd aged a bit by the time i was seeing him in like the 80s and early 90s i guess and it was just, and yeah, his his mannerisms were, were different enough that it, it was enough to throw me but i, I like the little improv bit of dialogue that lois has as she's going out the door and, and rex reed is going in she goes goes you know seen anything good lately and he goes oh not until you came along and <laughs> Yeah. You know, I just I just like it. They have like a little bit of a rapport. They know each other. They're friendly. You know, they're even like a little flirty. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, it's like Lois is this big city girl and her life never stops. Yeah, everybody yeah. likes Lois.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And of course, this scene here has been homaged in uh, Wonder Woman this summer. Uh, one of two scenes in this sequence uh that was uh that we kind of saw a, a reinterpretation uh of course patty jenkins said she followed the template of this movie and good on her mm-hmm. uh and fantastic and uh it's uh it was it was fun to see uh see their interpretation of of this scene with uh with a uh, wonder woman with diana instead of uh clark here she's She's not quite as uh, goofy with it, but it's still fun. You know, it's cute. (laughs) I
0: love the mugger in the turtleneck. Like, I just love his outfit. He looks like a Catskills comedian. I just, I love it. I love love how they dress in Metropolis. He's like, he could tell you some jokes about his ex-wife or something before he, you know, robs you of your wallet.
1: Well, he looks like Billy Crystal, so. (laughs) You know, actually, to backtrack just, just a
2: minute before the mugger, like, when, when, Clark and Lois, they're leaving the Daily Planet Bill. You see a guy trying to steal from the fruit stand. Yeah, in mm-hmm. kind of hey, where are you going? The Daily Planet Bill. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it's just a nice, like, sort of subtle way to establish, even before the bugger scene, Metropolis has a crime problem. Mm-hmm. They need mm. a Superman. And, yeah. and, uh, and actually that was, you know, if I can refer to that Superman 2 movie, that was a setup to establish the fruit cart that figured into a big scene in the Richard Donner version of Superman. Yes.
1: Yes. So exactly. Yeah. 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 And I, I do like that world building that, that, uh, you know, just, just the characters talking and having dialogue just helps make the place feel more real and, and not let alone Mm -hmm. the, like the setup you're talking about, which unfortunately no one got to see until the Donner cut came out. So, but, uh, but yeah, it still makes it feel like a real place because there's real people out there having, they've got real things going on outside of what's going on with the Daily Planet staff. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, but, love, uh, that, I love that Lois, you know, when she is confronted by the mugger, first of all, she's, you know, not terribly, uh, not terribly upset about it, you know, where mm-hmm, you know, no, he's, you know, he's like a, don't worry about it, he's not going to harm us, and she's like, uh-huh, and then she drops the purse purposely, so he has to bend down to pick it up. I love yeah. that. Like, yeah. She's, just, she's just not that phased by this stuff, which is, I think that's a terrific uh, terrific character beat for her.
2: And yeah. and again, it's it's Clark's idealism running up against Lois' cynicism. And, I mean, he he tries to talk the guy down, and Lois is like, uh-huh, yeah, this is going to work. And then, yeah, she does a quintessentially Lois Lane thing, which is Brave to the point of foolhardy, where she tries to, you know, lure the mugger into where she can just kick him in the in the face or kick the gun away, whichever she was trying to do. Um, and of course, it doesn't quite work, and she needs a Superman to bail her
1: out. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, you know, yeah, Lois gets on Clark for fainting. He jumped in front of her when a guy had a gun on her. He did. I mean, he did. Come yeah. on, lady. Uh,
2: <laughs> not a second's hesitation, not a second's no. hesitation. Um, but yeah, you know, you get the feeling that for Lois Lane, this is just a Tuesday. Um, yeah. I got booked <laughs> last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and she, and, and, you know, of course she, she doesn't lose her cool. She just was like, okay, I'm going to try and take this guy out. And you, you do kind of wonder how she's survived for, for this long until Superman came by. That's, <laughs>
0: I love her high-pitched squeal, though, when she thinks Clark has been shot with the, I can't, not that I can imitate her, Clark! Like, right. that's super I yeah. like, Clark! That's, that's yeah. really cute, you know, that she like, can get that level, of like, that octave going. I think that's that's terrific. Then, of course, yeah. you know, Clark lets her down with the whole, oh, I fainted. And she's just so, <laughs> yeah. she's yeah. so crestfallen, because I think it's like, you know, yeah, she's been ignoring him to this point, but he's still 6'4", and he's still a really handsome guy. And I have to think that, you know, Clark had maybe some chance with Lois until that moment, and then that was the end of that. End yeah. Of the, like, well, no, I
2: mean, also it's just you know Lois is a caring person. She is. She does have that hard exterior, but at her core, she she cares about people as much as Superman or Clark does. So she's, of course, concerned. Um. And, yeah. And and then and then you have that amazing shot, one of my favorite shots in the movie, where where he he just. You know, takes the bullet out of his hand and then he he does a little quick glance to the camera Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he's just kind of letting the audience in on a secret and it's the equivalent of Superman winking to the reader at the end of God knows how many stories where it's just like (laughs) you and I know what's really going on but she doesn't, isn't this cool? (laughs) And it's really a great moment of audience identification because it really puts you in his skin for a minute.
0: Twice in five minutes. It's kind of amazing. They were able to to do that little moment. Uh, Yeah, yeah, That that, that grin that he has is
1: terrific. In that moment, he's Superman. He's not Clark Kent. He's Superman. Yes. He gives you that, and his body changes, and it's like, even without taking the glasses off or the suit, it's just like the scene, I hate to jump forward, later in the movie when we see him take his glasses off and he stands up straight. It, he changes into the character of Superman for that brief second when he smiles. You know, yep. and it's yep. it's it's fantastic. I, I love I love that they they don't have the bullet just bounce off his chest because that's
2: that's so common it's almost cliched. He actually like throws his hand in front and snatches the bullet out of the air. Mm-hmm. And they they slow the film down just a little bit so you can see exactly what he's doing. And then he still has that in his in the palm of his hand when Lois is comforting him. And then after she's disgusted enough to <laughs> be like, "Okay, you're not hurt. All right, swell." And then he just tosses the bullet in the alleyway. And
0: <laughs> I was going to mention that I love that when she picks up her purse and she mutters under her breath, "Swell." I thought that's such a great oh, yeah. little moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: it's a nice callback. And yeah, and then Clark is like. Whoa! You know that was that was kind of a foolish thing for you to do. Is it really right to risk your life for the? the and then he describes all the contents in her purse exactly, hmm. and well, and she realizes the, thing. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the
1: ten dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And she's like, "You just describe the exact contents of my purse," and he just like glances Oh, lucky guess, and walks away. <laughs> 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 and and you just know that he he. At some point, uses X-ray vision to check
1: that out. <laughs> and, you know when you when and, you watch and, this. Oh, I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. No, no, it's, I'm I'm just babbling. So, okay, okay. Well, you know, you watch this scene. There's so many little things. Like, like he takes his finger and moves the gun out of his face, and the guy and the mugger looks at him like, "Did you just do that?" <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <great>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, to yeah. him, it's nothing. And and then you and like you guys said, you. You kind of get the impression his his earnestness his 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 uh, belief in in humanity that that mm-hmm. the character not just Clark the act but the character actually for a split second thinks he really did get through to the guy and and then yeah. he's like you know I'm gonna turn over a new leaf well good for you sir and then he, you know I mean he might have been goofing it up a little bit as Clark but you kind of think Superman really thought that, okay, maybe I did get through to this guy, and then he's disappointed, and, you know. <laughs> and he
2: actually turns away from the guy holding a gun at him to say, you see, he really doesn't want to hurt us. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, it's probably the, the single stupidest thing you could do to a guy holding a gun in your face is yes. to turn away and talk to the person you're with. <laughs> but, uh, and, and yeah, Reeves Clark is just so wonderfully fidgety like like you said, like he reaches out and and you know puts the gun aside with his, his finger, but he's always like ad- adjusting his glasses or or you know t- t- touching them or uh, like when Lois' friend brushes past him, it, it it crunches his hat against his chest for a minute. Mm-hmm. It, when when Rex Reed is going in the revolving door, Clark reaches out his hand to to shake Rex Reed's hand and nearly it nearly gets crushed in the revolving door, and it's just. His Clark really gives off a guy who's not entirely comfortable in his own skin, because he's just, yes. he's, just very, he's very fidgety and, and and twitchy almost, but not in an, an annoying or a creepy way, but just in a oh,
1: he's a sweet, nervous guy way, which, which is amazing when you feel when you realize how comfortable Christopher Reeve seems, seems in the Superman suit. <laughs> which a yes. lot of actors haven't been that have played Superman. So it's even when you said that yeah. about feeling uncomfortable in his own skin, but he sure feels comfortable in their, those tights, you know, and he pulls That's, them off. So it's, it's amazing. <laughs> that that is one of the
2: things that I think makes Christopher Reeve's Superman so wonderful. Is he he plays that part with such conviction, and I never get the feeling for a second that Christopher Reeve was uncomfortable or felt foolish in that outfit and because he plays it with that utter conviction he never looks silly in my opinion he, he just wow. looks and 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 no one ever does anyone ever make fun of Superman's costume in the movie I don't I don't think so I, uh, maybe they say like he has big red boots or something like that that I think that's about as far as it goes yeah yeah pretty much but, yeah. Uh, it's it's become much more common in Superhero or comic book movies to to put in a little uh, snarky comment about oh you know oh what would you prefer yellow spandex and they and and yeah it's an in joke but it but it also come, kind of comes off as a little disparaging of the source material because it's like oh ha 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 you know aren't aren't we so much better than the silly comic books and because Donner decided to play the movie with utter verisimilitude you know his big his big Catchword. there's none of that there's none of mocking the character there's having some fun with the character like running up against the modern world of the late 70s with with lois's cynicism or or things like uh running into you know seeing a, a half uh, phone booth um mm-hmm. rob that's that's something that's coming up in the future but uh, <laughs> i hope i didn't I'll, spoil I'll, too I'll much ta- for you I'll,
0: I'll take your word for it Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a terrific sequence all the way through, and then following this, uh, we have an introduction of a new character, uh, and it is brought on by yet another perfect uh, theme by John Williams, because Mm -hmm. John John Williams' theme tells you all you need to know about this character. The minute you Mm -hmm. see him on screen, dude. dude do-do, do do I mean, you're like, oh, I get Mm -hmm. it. I know who this guy is. It's, it's, this is just so, I mean, saying John Williams is great is ridiculous because everyone already knows it, but I'm just so impressed that someone can come up with something so, that can immediately tell you what you need to know about a character two seconds after he he walks on screen. Oh, yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, Ned Beatty, uh, of course, He's also using his physicality mm-hmm. really well because he, he gives Otis that sort of shambling, bumbling walk. And, and he's like stuffing his face with uh, a hot dog, I think it is. And and he's dressed kind of loudly. And those, those give you an immediate impression of the character, too. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Nick Beatty... He he's almost doing shtick. It's he's, a, he's a, like just the side of like Oliver Hardy with with the way he's walking and the way he he <laughs> he, he handles himself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, that that music, the march of the villains music that. I, I I hear that in my head when I'm walking down the hall at work sometimes. I don't know what that <laughs> says about myself, but, you know, do, 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 do. Just, it, it just, it just, it you, just, when you, when you feel like you're just marching down some down a hall or something, you, if you've seen this movie too many times, it, you just can't help but hear that every once in a while just pop in your head. It's just, it's perfect. And, uh, yeah. we, the cops that we meet, uh, the 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 guy that's uh, playing Armist, that's uh, Richard Donner's mm-hmm. cousin, Steve yeah, right. He appears in a lot of Richard Donner movies. You'll see in Lethal Weapon movies and and just about every movie Richard, uh, Richard Donner makes, he shows up in. I, I was thinking it was his brother, but it's his cousin, uh, and they, he yeah. looks quite a bit like Richard Donner. Really, they've got a a, a family resemblance there that you can detect. Yeah, he appeared
0: in uh, apparently some of the uh, cop shows that Richard Donner directed in the seventies. So he's mm-hmm. he was always giving uh, giving his relative work, and I, I like you know it turns into uh, the French Connection there for a minute, you know, with these two grizzled cops, you know, and they will make mm-hmm. will make captain by midnight, and they're trailing after him, and we walk by, and they said, and this this whole five minutes ends with uh, the, the Otis walking by the news vendor, the blind uh, news vendor, mm-hmm. going, "Hey, what do you read?" And and it's you know it's. It's a great. I mean, geez, every five minutes of this movie is great, but this is a really great five yeah. minutes. The the mugging scene is terrific, and then we get Otis, and the music is wonderful. It's just, you know we get swell. I mean, it's just like a really great bunch of moments.
2: And and you know, uh, the other thing I like about them introducing the two cops uh, trailing Otis is it establishes that even though Metropolis has a crime problem, the cops aren't incompetent right. or anything like that. They're they're doing. About as good a job as you can do. I mean, they're they've got a tail on Otis, and they know he's connected to Lex Luthor. So they're obviously doing their job, and they're mm-hmm. not totally bumbling Keystone cops. But it's just that, as we'll find out in the in the subsequent uh, chapters, I bet the menace of Lex Luthor is so extraordinary that it takes a
1: superman to stop him. Right. These aren't these aren't the the previous comic book. Uh, cops of Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara on the Batman TV series, <laughs> right, <laughs> who couldn't right. who couldn't I apprehend mean, a jaywalker on their own, you know. So, <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, the, the very early episodes of the Adam West show. I mean, they they would establish that the villains were extraordinary menaces, mm-hmm. and that and Gordon was calling Batman as sort of a last resort. And then, I guess, just in the interest of time and moving the story along, it becomes, oh no, I've got a hangnail. Better call Batman. I mean Gordon could not do a single thing by himself. And it was the first impulse to always call Batman. But you know, here we get a glimpse of what what the cops were like in
1: Metropolis basically before Superman came along and you know, they were doing a decent job of it. Um they knew Otis was connected to Lex and they were after Lex, and that's the first name drop we get of Lex Luthor. Of course we don't meet him in this segment, but Yeah.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, but, but it's about nice because right, it, it
1: starts to build up to Luthor.
2: I mean, it, it starts to tell you, hey, Luthor's a big deal. And, and you know, these cops are concerned about him. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a, it's a nice sort of build up before uh, Lex Luthor and, and Gene Hackman get their entrances.
0: Yeah, Great, great, great stuff. So uh, well, I think that is going to do it for minutes 51 through 55 of Superman the movie. John? Thank you so much for stopping by. You'll be you'll be doing some later episodes. Uh, before we sign off, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet?
2: Well, let's see. I'm uh, I, I write for a website called AtomicJunkShop.com. I write a, uh, a column on there called Crisis on Earth T. It comes out every Monday or as close to every Monday as I can manage. Um, uh, you can also find me on Twitter as uh, at attrumblecomic and that's T R u m b u l l
1: c o m i c
0: very cool chris what about uh, what about your shows where are your shows on the network
1: well I, real quick i just wanted to tell john i really dug the the uh, back issue articles that you did for the batman the animated series issue they they were fantastic i i know we did the show together but i hadn't had a chance to read them at the time and you did a bang up job on them man good job oh well th-
2: thank you very much chris and i know you're you're a huge uh fan of of batman yourself and and uh michael yuri our editor was telling me later he was like oh, yeah chris Chris was originally supposed to do that article and I think i forgot and oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> i I apologize for, for inadvertently stealing that job away from you.
1: Oh, it's, but, uh, No, was, you didn't I just I pitched something like years ago. But Michael actually said something to me at the about that you guys are you guys are way too nice. No, I did I, I enjoyed the heck out of that that issue. You did a you did a fantastic job on it though. But um, uh, thanks. Oh, no, no problem. No problem. Uh, as far as, as me on the network, uh, I'm on Supermates with my wife, Cindy. I'm on Batman Nightcast with, with Ryan Daly. And uh, occasionally I'll do a wonderful toys episode on Fire and Water Presents. And uh, Rob, you and I do Power Records from time to time. <laughs>
0: even more occasionally.
1: <laughs> yeah, even more occasionally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah and of course for me there's Treasury Cast and Pod Dylan and all, a bunch of other shows Fire and Water and who's who all a bunch of other things you can find them all on fireandwaterpodcast.com and uh thanks to all the movie by minutes uh, community people who have uh, welcomed us so so nicely into into the movie by minutes uh, sort of family. Uh, there's a lot of great shows out there and we're really excited to be part of it. And of course, we always need to thank Pete, the retailer and Alex Robinson, who created Star Wars Minute and are so generous in allowing so many people to use this uh, movies by minute format. So thanks, everyone, mm-hmm. for listening. And uh, we will see you later. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: This country is safe again, Superman. Thanks to you.
2: No, sir. Don't thank me, Warden. We're all part of the same team.
1: Night.
0: Yeah.